Thanks for listening to the Red Pill Current News Podcast where we bring you the news you won't hear on mainstream media. New episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. Visit our website at www.politicalnewspodcast.us. Be sure to follow us on all platforms. We are on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcast, and many more. Now here is your host, the Kentucky Guy. Yep, that's right. It's me, the Kentucky Guy, here hosting the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for today's episode. Before we get to that, I did want to let you know that we are switching up our platform a little bit. Uh, We are still going to bring you the news each and every time we're up. We're always going to keep you informed on what's really happening, not only in America, but as our world as a whole. Uh, however, we do have a lot of different things going on right now. We have authors coming on and doing interviews. We have mediums coming on and doing interviews. We have other podcasters coming on. We have comedians coming on. So we are changing it up just a little bit uh, because we want to appeal to a wider variety of audience. So if you guys like the platform and how it's going, you can always leave us feedback or even If you want to be a part of the show one day and be a guest on here and have your own interview, you can do that too. Just drop me a line at OLKentucky spelled out 99 at yahoo.com. OLKentucky 99 at yahoo.com. Come and join the fun. It's all about all of us working and helping each other throughout this crazy time in America. Once again, I'm the Kentucky guy. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you, and as always, God bless, and God bless this country. Aha! and welcome to the red pill current news podcast with your host the kentucky guy hey hope everybody's having a fantastic day today uh it is a beautiful day here in the great state of kentucky we do have a special guest with us before we get to her though let's go ahead and go over some house cleaning items if this is your first time listening to us make sure that you hit that follow or subscribe button no matter which platform you're on we are on iHeartRadio, pandora Apple, Spotify, Google, and the list goes on and on from there. Also, for you wrestling fans, I do co-host with Donny Cage against the match wrestling podcast. We drop new episodes there every Monday and Friday. So if you get a chance, check that out as well. All right. So the new book is out, folks. Uh, if you're on Amazon, you can get the paperback or the ebook. Uh, if you're Barnes and Noble, Kobo, uh, everywhere else you can think of. The ebook is out now as well, and that is America, the Land of the Sleeping. So if you get a chance, check that out. Uh, but we, as I mentioned, I do want to get to our special guest. Uh, she is the uh, she is the creator and the host of Launch the Jesus Initiative podcast. Uh, everybody, give it up for Miss T. Latoya Cunningham. How we doing? 
Hello, how you guys doing? Glad to be here again. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, we're very happy to have you. So, um, it, so just we do have quite a bit of uh, new audience members. Uh, we, we've grown quite a bit here in the last couple months. Uh, if you don't mind, can you go ahead and kind of give everybody a rundown of your background? Oh, sure. Um, my name is T. Latoya Cunningham. I'm the visionary founder of Launch to Jesus Initiative. It's an online ministry. Um, I founded it in 2018. I started off in my kitchen, and God is really doing some amazing things. I'm a patriot. I love America and this country. And also, um, I'm a um, blood-washed uh, blood believer, born-again believer. And um, what else? And I, I put out content weekly. You can find me on YouTube. You can find me on the Daily Gospel Network at 7 p.m. every Monday. And that's aired on Apple TV as well as um, Fire Stick. And I have different people on there each week. And they give their testimonies about, you know, how life was changed and transformed through, you know, certain circumstances, how God helped them. And um, we even talk about you know, um, political things that are happening in our nation is really important to the believers. Absolutely. Absolutely. They go hand in hand, I think, hand in hand. A lot of people are thinking this is Trump's war or China's war or Russia's war or what have you. Uh, this is a war against good versus evil. And I really believe that. And I believe that the children of God, they need to come together now more than ever. We need to be so close that even the wind can't get through us right now. Amen. Right now is so important. So uh, you have this very special, and I've been announcing this on the show for the last month. Uh, you have a very special virtual conference coming up uh, at the end of this month. Uh, and I noticed that you have some great speakers uh, already lined up. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, um, it's called the Soul of America Conference. Um, the name within itself speaks about, you know, the importance of America turning back to Christ. Um, our country was founded on Judeo-Christian uh, beliefs. Um, and uh, I'm seeing more and more that everything that we hold to be valuable, everything that we hold to be dear to us socially, economically, morally, it's, it's just a horrible term you know, to the opposite direction, too far to the right. So what the conference will do is each night we will have speakers highlight different areas of need for the people um, in our country. You know, I mean, it's not just for our country, but God wants us to focus on our country right now because if America falls, there goes the rest, you know. So um, this conference is going to be daily at 7, no, 8 p.m., excuse me, on uh, Facebook, YouTube. You can just look up T. Latoya Cunningham on YouTube, or you could look up Launch to Jesus Initiative. You know, um, it was in my spirit not to charge anything because, you know, um, I want as many people to tune in and listen and get fed and turn back to God. We're going to have various topics that I think are going to be very thought-provoking. Um, one of the topics is going to be on the agnostics and the um, backslider which is very powerful because we need to pull them back in. Another topic, we're going to have the youth. We have a dynamic um, woman of God um, that's going to be, you know, ministering to the youth. Um, another night, we're going to be um, talking about um, uh, the unchurched. And, you know, that was really something that was really close to my heart, that particular topic, because the unchurched, there's so many people who believe in God, 
but they're not unified in the body of God. And the Bible is clear when it says, do not forsake the fellowship, you know, of one another. So we just got some dynamic um, preachers. I'm really excited this year. Um, this is our first year. So this is our kickoff. Um, we're going to have also um, one of my brothers in the faith, um, some Latino brothers, and it's going to be also available in Spanish. So that particular night um, when Evangelist uh, Rodriguez minister um, about the atheists and the ethnostics, it's going to be available um, to you to hear also translated in Spanish. I think that's awesome. Uh, you know, I was sitting there uh, and I went out to uh, I went out to church this morning. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the crowd in the back. And I don't know if, you, if you've if you been facing this locally where you go, but, uh, you know, when they shut the churches down because of COVID, people got an excuse to not go. And I'm talking about uh, in the back. And I've noticed that even now with the restrictions lifted, they're still not coming back. And, you you know, the Bible speaks of a great falling away, and I think we're right there. I just, uh, it, it, it's sad. It really, every church I go to, it's sad. I see the same thing, and I've seen it again today. And uh, I was visiting a church uh, that's in our association, but not, I don't actually belong to that church. But, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's so sad. Are you seeing that too, or? You know, I'm seeing a number of people, they don't go to the brick and mortar anymore for various reasons, but I think some of them, they don't like to go because they don't like the accountability. And so you can say, well, I still fellowship, you know, I watch it online. And there's a place and a time for that. I really do believe that that was an, um, an innovative idea. And, you know, God's behind innovative ideas. He says he gives in the last days witty inventions. Um, but for us not to come together, that's in a very dangerous place because the Bible also says, like you said, it's going to be a great falling away and even the very elect shall be formed. Right. And, uh, I just, uh, I don't, yeah, you're right. I mean, I've, I've, I've watched, uh, uh, you know, like church on zoom and, and things like that, especially during COVID. And you're right. There is, there is a time and a place for that. Um, I just, uh, I really don't see how that, cause I know I, I have that burning desire to, to fellowship, you know, live and in person. And, uh, I just don't think God's pleasing with them not coming out at all, you know, um, and, and I know people are sick and I'm not talking about anybody with health issues. I completely understand that. It's just, I know people personally that are probably more healthier than 90% of the people that attend every Sunday <laughs> and just, uh, they just won't go. They just, and these people used to go religiously, pun intended, uh, every Sunday, uh, every Sunday before COVID. So I do feel uh, we all know that COVID was man-made uh, exactly. and we believe, you know, anything that anything, and I try to tell the audience this all the time, anything good that ever happens to you comes from God. Anything bad comes from Satan. So Satan was behind this virus. And I think it's, uh, he didn't, he's not going to win the war, but I do think he won a battle there. He got a lot of people that he, he presented an out. For them not to go back, you know, the uh, and I'm not talking about born again Christians. I'm talking about their congregation. You know, they've, they've got to hear something to make them want to come back. But if they don't come out, how are you going to do that? One of the things that is um, 
a really hard area, a very gray, very vast gray area, is when you're saying about them not coming back at all. Because I believe prophetically we're in the book of Acts. And what leads me to believe that is because um, we're seeing a lot of political things going on against the believers, like a lot of persecution to the church. We're seeing emerging voices from that COVID that you would have never had the opportunity to listen to it had you been in regular brick and mortar congregations. So we're in a very great area where the emergence of you know voices um, that are coming forth and give them opportunities and platforms. And then we have that other piece of the great area where I believe these big organized mega churches that have lost their passion um, for God, the gospel, and a balanced um, teaching, I believe they were starting to disintegrate. So we really have to, as the Bible said, be watchful in prayer. And I think that it would be better for us to come together in the church as to have corporate prayer, corporate worship, um, corporate deliverance. And when I said deliverance, I really want to be really clear here. Deliverance is to be free from bondage, demonic bondage. So it's important to get together with other believers that can strengthen you and encourage you and equip you to go out there. But we're just, like I said, we're in this tricky gray area right now because I'm starting to see a lot of these people that had platforms for years that have lost their first love. You know, they're, they're not in it for um, the souls anymore. They're in it for finances. Um, they're gimmicks. So you have that area too. So as a body of um, believers, what we have to do, we have to get back to the authentic. And so many people has used this pandemic as an excuse, just not the fellowship altogether, whether it be, you know, um, well, I'm afraid I'm going to catch something. Uh, well, I don't want to go to church because, you know, I can easily access it online. I mean, you're in the comfort of your own home. You can go get up and get a snack. You can go get a drink. You can go to the bathroom. You know, you could be texting on your phone. There's no accountability. So we really have to be praying in this hour. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, yeah. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's just, it's sad too, because I know uh, a lot of brick and mortar churches that have, uh, that have uh, had to disband because they just didn't have the membership or people coming out anymore. And you're absolutely right about the mega churches uh, turning more into a, I call it a corporate power, money hungry, rather than uh, soul saving and uh, give the word out. And that's sad. And I tell you, this is a touchy subject for a lot of people, so we won't get into it. But the Christian music industry right now is uh, so corrupt and it's so sad because that used to be the one place where you could escape from the other music industry uh, artists could and they could actually be free. But now they're they're kind of the same now. I don't know if you've read about that or researched that at all, but it's really sad what's happening in the Christian music industry? Well, see, there's a difference um, between someone that is gifted and has a talent than someone that has an anointing. When someone has a talent, they can get up there and just sing the song. And if you're into emotionalism and you know you don't discern, it can draw you in. But when someone has an anointing, and you in the congregation and they're singing before the Lord and it's pure worship 
things are going to be transformed in your life. You walk out that place feeling like you can, you know, you can fight Goliath yourself. You know, you're like, I'm free. I feel better because it releases all these heaviness on you. And so there's a scripture where it says, put on the garment of praise. So praise lifts that garment of heaviness. And so in the music industry, we have to go back and we got to look in the scripture because we got to be, you know, got to investigate these things. Lucifer, before he fell and turned into being Satan, you know, he was the minister of music. So, um, and the Bible goes into great detail about the pipes and how that, you know, how he was adorned and stuff, but he wanted to be worshiped like God. So that was the great revolt in heaven with Michael and him being, you know, cursed down to the earth. So the music industry a lot of times, even in the Christian music industry, we have to understand that the spirit of um, Satan gets in there and it tampers with it because this is an area he knows. Before the fall, this was his area. So you have gospel artists that get caught up and they want to be worshipped like Lucifer did. And they get caught up in people applause and people, you know, um, wonderful words and compliments and they get so high and they miss god and sooner or later at some point just like satan there's a great falling off you know uh i see that in the uh locally uh and yeah and things I, I call them man followers they'd rather please man tickle their ears than actually serve god and uh i i i'm the type that if i and i've said this well, not on here, but in uh, in our church and things before. Uh, if I have to stand alone, I will, as long. As Amen. I think. So uh, when I was on your show uh, a, a week ago or so, uh, we we talked about the uh, food processing plants, uh, the farmers, and all the issues uh, that they're having. Well, I found out a little bit more information since then. Uh, I actually did a special report on here a few episodes ago. Um, so here's the thing. I think I've figured out, I've cracked the code on why, what they're doing. Yeah, they want a food shortage, but there's a little bit more to it. In the uh, World Economic Forum, the, the New World Order, Great Reset, whatever you want to call it, uh, they have a playbook. In that playbook, and uh, it's on mainstream media now, has been for a little while, but they're really pushing it now. They want us to get in the habit of being on an insect diet, like eating bugs. Yeah, uh, Nicole Kidman, uh, she's a famous actress, I think. Uh, she actually put a handful of bugs and ate them on television trying to promote the insect diet. Now, you think that's bad. Here's the uh, New York Times put out. They took it a step further, and this has been recently. And now they're suggesting cannibalism. We eat our neighbors. I mean, these people, I know that they're sick and I know they're demonic. But really, I mean, I don't see how in the world they could promote something like that uh, out in the open. They're, they're just telling us now what they're doing. They're no longer trying to hide it. Uh, so I wanted to run that by you and get your thoughts on that. Uh, because uh, I think that's the reason for all of this. I knew the insect things because Clarles uh, Swab uh, talked about it. 
two years ago in Davos in Sweden. I thought he was crazy, but they are trying to push that right now. I'm just paused because I'm I'm floored, but something came to my mind just now. Let's let's talk about the the bugs first of all. If we sustain our diet from that, from bugs, we all know that's not healthy. That we can't live like that. So it becomes a point where we're setting up for the end times where you know, food is distributed to whoever take the mark. So they're trying to separate us and divide us. This is what I mean. You got some that's going to eat that, and then you got some that's not going to eat it. And the ones that's not going to eat it, we're going to poison them, whether it be through their water, you watch what I tell you, whether it be through putting pesticides, more pesticides on the food itself, the ones that get a hold of it. So what we got to do is that we got to be praying and we have to start reading the labels on the food. I feel like that's super important. That's highlighted to me. Read what you're consuming. If you can support your local farmer, these are the people, like we said on the previous interview when you were on my show, that we really want to um, formulate a um a relationship with now you using Nicole Kidman, which is really kind of odd to me. I was kind of surprised when you just said that because her husband, I think his name is Keith Urban. He's a professed born again believer. And so is she, because she had said in some interview, I'd seen that, you know, she got ostracized from Hollywood a little bit for, you know, doing that. So it's these mixed signals with these celebrities. That's why we can't follow them. You know, we, we, we can't go where they go. And, you know, people like to use this term, um, well, you know, they're my idol, you know, they're a role model. No, they're not. They can't be your idol and role model. The idol in your life needs to be God. And a role model in your life needs to be the people that take care of you, that speak into your life, and that um, encourage you and teach you and deposit into you in a, in a positive way. Now, when you talk about the cannibalism, that reminded me, um, if you do go back to um, the book of Joshua, and they was trying to, um, Joshua and them had gotten the instructions about, you know, going around the walls of Jericho. And um, that reminded me of Chris Jericho, your other show, <laughs> but going around the walls of Jericho and sending the priests. And when you read in the book of Joshua, there were people on the other side of the wall. And because they were um, closed off, they began to eat one another with this cannibalism. So, the enemy knows the playbook, like you said. So if he starve us, maybe we'll start doing the same thing. You know, um, Ecclesiastes said there's nothing new under the sun. So this is just a remix of everything that's going on. But when you said that, that, that was one of the first things that came to me because the, the residents in the, in the town behind the walls of Jericho, before they came down, they had been um, starved because they were surrounded and they began to eat people within the, um, their village or whatever you want to call it. And something I always say is, what was, will be again. And I truly believe that. Um, yeah, that's, uh, you know, when I when I first read this story, I, now, Nicole Kidman and uh, Keith Urban, I could do a whole episode on them. <laughs> they, uh, they are, uh, they're just, they're, probably weird. They're, they're just not great people. Let's just put it that way. Okay. And, um, and yeah, you know. I mean, the Bible speaks to people like that. It says, you know, not everything that says Lord, Lord will enter in. Uh, so here, here's my thing on this cannibalism is you're right. I believe the mark's coming soon. 
Um, I believe that's going to be right at the end, though. And because uh, once again, I just don't see God letting his true children uh, suffer, you know, like that. Now, we're going to have to some of us will lose our heads. It's going to happen. You know, we're going to lose our life. And uh, I'm OK with that. If it's me, you know, I'm not saying about anybody else, but if it's me, right. I'm OK with that. Um, because, uh, you know, I'm going to stand for, for what he wants. Uh, this, uh, these farmers, uh, there is so many that are struggling right now. And the reason why is because they have did away with, or they've, uh, stopped them from using, uh, normal fertilizer. Like over in Denmark, uh, they actually had a riot over there caused by the farmers because they were giving them this substitution for fertilizer and it wasn't working. It wasn't working. Now, when I say that they want you to eat your neighbor and they want you to eat bugs, they want us to. They want me to. They want you to. They, they're not going to. They feel that the food for them, the cattle and everything, the farmlands, uh, are for them and we're intruding. And this is a small group of people compared to all of us. And you said something very important that I, that I mention all the time, I, and I've heard it all my life. Oh, this person, like Michael Jordan, they're my hero. Mm-hmm. You know, There's only one person that should ever be your hero, and that's the only person that was ever perfect that ever walked this earth. That's who I want people to follow. That's who I want them to look up to. The Bible is a blueprint on how to live your life and how to treat each other. We were all put here to give God the glory and honor. That's why we're made. And God already repented once uh, for making man during Noah. So, yeah, I just, I, I thought that was very important, what you said, very powerful. But, uh, yeah, these uh, these poor farmers, man, and it's coming here. Uh, you know, I mean, I know LeBlanca, all these places seem so far away. Uh, Europe, uh, Germany, Germany is going to really have a horrible winter now. Uh, that the uh, somebody sabotaged the uh, uh, Northstern uh, pipeline in Russia, which was giving them all their fuel. Uh, what's funny to me is you have this administration now, people in it, uh, and I'm talking about the Biden administration. <laughs> they are saying, well, this gives us an opportunity to provide our uh, European allies with uh, energy. Here's the problem. We're not supplying ourselves with energy anymore. If Trump would have stayed in office, or if Biden would have kept the same policies, kept the pipeline open to uh, the pipeline open to Canada, we would have billions of uh, barrels of oil uh, already sent out and exporting to our friends. You know, we have close allies in Europe uh, to help those and the people right here at home. They're not going to do that. That's just an excuse because it's going to come out. Maybe, maybe, I don't know this for sure, that uh, we had something to do with that pipeline busting. What are your thoughts? Of course we did. Of course we have something to do with it because America is a country that wants to profit off of other people's losses. And they don't, it's not just in the perimeters of outside our borders, it's also inside our borders. And I think it's quite interesting about that, you know, that Keystone Pipeline. Why is there such an area of contention? I've heard people say it's because the Native Americans in that area. When did they start thinking about the Native Americans? They didn't think about it with Manhattan, the island of Manhattan. They didn't think about it during the Trail of Tears. So 
they're not concerned with the Native American. They're concerned with the distribution of wealth. Yeah, they're, they're trying to push this Green New Deal through, uh, which will cause uh, wor- a, a worse depression than we've ever had. And, and the proof is in the, uh, as people say, in the pudding, right? Uh, look at Blanca. Mm-hmm. You know, they actually had to run. They physically ran their president out of there uh, because they switched over to the Green Deal, did away with fossil fuels, and people were starving. And it doesn't work. That's the same thing going on with Europe now. Uh, they had Boris Johnson in there. They finally got rid of him. But before then, he started them on this Green New Deal, uh, started uh, worrying about their uh, carbon footprint, which is crazy. Uh, we can do what we're doing right now even worse. We can, even, You know, America is actually a lot cleaner country than most of the countries out there. Uh, we, we could do what we're doing now even worse, like open up uh, more nuclear plants and what have you. The most in 500 years, and I've done this study in research and research and read and read and read, uh, in 500 years, our carbon footprint would go up a half a percent, which is nothing. Nothing. So the Green New Deal is just a way to usher in a whole new to, new economy, the uh, Great Reset. And, uh, I, you know, I don't think they're going to do it. I do believe it will go through one day. Uh, but like I told you on your show, I believe that we're going to be good for a season. Uh, but it's just going to be a season. And during that season, boy, oh, boy, you better repent because it's coming close to the end, I believe, after that. I believe what you said is very profound. I think that is absolutely right on track. Because um, what we have to understand is God is merciful. So, And he's sovereign. And so he has a heart for the people, the lost. It, it talks about when he goes back for the 99. So he, this is, this is a, a wedge in the door for people to get themselves together. Because when it comes, you're going to see the wheat from the tear. You're going to see who believes what they say they believe. You're going to see, are they just saying it with their mouth and their, you know, and their heart is not with it? You're going to see, you're going to be surprised when your neighbors are not who you think that they are. You know, so it's it's really good for people now during this season where we're going to have some, we're going to have some breakthroughs. I believe we're going to have a, a huge move of, of, of God, you know, internationally as well as domestically. We, but we have to get in a position where we're not in emotionalism. We have to get in a posture where we are ready. And I don't think America's ready. We are naive. We've never really had um, tremendous, tremendous issues on our own soil, except for in the revolutionary times and with, you know, more present day with 9-11 um, and, and, you know, Corona. But that really wasn't, that was more, I want to say, um, chemical warfare as opposed to physical warfare so because we have to get ready and prepare what are you going to do when they start rioting and they start looting people come to your house and that's one of the reasons i want to talk about this a little bit too that they're so adamant about taking away gun rights now i could be wrong and i have been once or twice but i believe that some of these shootings are set up to to cause pan you know pandemonium for people get frantic and take away the guns. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, a lot of your shootings, right? Uh, a lot of this stuff is by design and has yeah. been for years. And uh, you're absolutely right about the guns. Uh, 
And here's the thing. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, uh, he's, he's a actor. Uh, I'm not really familiar with him, but I've seen his interview. He actually went to the White House after the school shooting in Texas, his hometown. And he talked about how the Second Amendment was about hunting and things like that. And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, he's such a smart guy. He doesn't really know what the Second Amendment is. It has nothing to do with hunting. The forefathers drew that up, the right to bear arms, in case we had to defend ourselves against our own government. These, our forefathers were a lot smarter than what people give them credit for. They seen, and I believe God had something to do with it, they seen the future. They seen what could happen, and they planned for every scenario. And, uh, yeah, I just, that baffled me when he got up there, and they actually passed that law uh, with the red flag law, something that I fought hard against because they can come and somebody can make a complaint about you. Uh, Luckily, Kentucky hasn't adopted it yet, and I hope we don't. They can complain about you and like a, a ex-wife or ex-boyfriend or what have you. And they don't have to have any proof and the FBI can come and take your gun. That's the red flag law that they pass. And you're going to arm 83,000 IRS agents who should be armed with an ink pen. Why in the world do they need a gun unless they're your new foot soldiers that Obama talked about, which I think they are, uh, it's just, it's amazing the times we're living in. And you're right. Once things do get good, it seems like, and we're all guilty of it. I've been guilty of it in the past. The only time that we start looking up is when things get bad. When things get good, we can't just say, all right, thank God, and just move on. We need to thank him. We need to praise him. And we need to see what's next, what he wants us to do. Because I don't believe he's ever enlisted in his true army any coward. I don't believe there's any cowards in God's army. I believe they'll stand up up for him. Now, I think in heaven, when it's all said and done, and I've always said this and always believed it, I think we're going to look around and there's going to be a lot of people whom we thought would be there, not there. So it's a very interesting time that we're living in, in my opinion. And uh, I think it's going to get good uh, all the way around. It's going to be... I don't know if you want to call it a revival or what. Uh, It's just, will they take heed to it is my fear. Will they take heed? And uh, it's going to be up to people like us to, you know, that have shows and podcasts. I would have never, if 2020 election wouldn't have happened the way it did, I would never even have this podcast. I talk about this in my book. Uh, Would have never even started it because I was so, until 2014, yeah, 2014. Uh, I was so, uh, I was asleep. I'd get up, go to work, come back, go to sleep, go to church on weekends. Boom. Didn't care. Didn't want to talk about politics. Uh, believed everything I seen on the news when I did watch it. And uh, I was just, uh, you know, I was asleep. And there are still people today, uh, unfortunately, that haven't woke up. Now, I believe a lot of Americans have because they've been trying to push this agenda so rapidly since they got Trump out of there. Trump put them behind so much on their uh, New World Order agenda. And uh, that's why Joe's uh, handlers, his puppet masters, are pushing it so rapidly. Uh, The one good thing that comes out of this, them pushing it so much, is because normally they did it over years, 
and you couldn't see it because it was progressing so slow. Now that's why a lot of people are waking up because of, uh, you know, the sudden movement. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, you think I'm right about that? Or you think that, uh, I'm too far out in left field (laughs) or. No, I think you're absolutely right about that. But I think what's going to happen too, is that there has to be a sacrificial lamb. So with this administration, they're getting tired of, um, Biden's son Hunter being a talking point. So I personally think with all the chaos with the election, January 6th, and him constantly being a talking point for the Republicans to come at them, I think that that he's going to be the one that they're going to have to offer up. That's what I personally think. They're going to have to give him up to sustain, to try to sustain where they are, but it's not going to work. Yeah. I I don't believe it's going to work at all. And what you said, I really like when you said that you know, people are not really prepared and they're sleeping and they go every day with their, their normal routine. And Trump was like a shaking, you know, and he shook me for years. I was a Democrat. I, I was taught, um, for those of you who don't know, I'm African-American, that we vote Democrat. And it wasn't until he came in office and he shook up things and that made people, you know, rise to the occasion and start doing more research. I found out that... Um, um, traditionally, uh, after uh, we had uh, the President Lincoln, um, that most people of color in this country um, voted Republican because he was against it. And then the change came when we had another great reset, which is down a rabbit hole. I'm not going to talk about that right now. What you know, the social policies that the Republicans put in place to divide and conquer um, homes of, of, of brown and you know, people, um, we changed. And so we were just taught, just vote Democrat. And then when Trump came, it shook up and I started looking and I said, wait a minute, you know, he has something to, you know, to a point here, you know, Trump is from New York and I'm from New Jersey originally. And we're used to straight talkers. We don't polish it. We say it like it is. So all those areas where people were, you know, grabbing their pearls and clutching their pearls and getting their smelling sauce, that, that didn't bother me because he was real. He was 100 to me. Those are the type of people that I'm used to being around. You know, he has such a New York bravado about him. It was just black and white. Wasn't no gray. And um, I liked him because he spoke his mind and he had nothing to lose. And his biggest point for me um, was the fact that um, he knew the inside track when he endorsed the Clintons at one point when, you know, with the money. It was I mean, he said it to get things done that he wanted to get done. So he knew the inside track and he himself could not be bought. So then that started stirring and said, wait a minute, what's going on here? And the exposure that he put out there, I think it just transformed the election forever. It transformed um, television news, the news outlets. That's why they were so angry with him. So I just think that he was a good thing for America. You know, he sounded the, the alarm to have us to start looking and stop being lazy and, and stop being so complacent because I was like you. I go to work, I come home, I hang out with my family, I do my little routines, and I go to bed. I didn't think about, you know, politics. I did vote for Obama because um, I thought that he was um, Dr. King's dream materialized. 
So I'm like, yeah, you know, after all this, and he was anything but. Funny, it's funny you mentioned Obama. Um, that's actually uh, when I started waking up a little bit. Uh, so I voted for Obama's first term. And uh, I believed in the, because, uh, man, everybody was tired of George Bush. I mean, being in war and yeah. all, everybody was just done with it. Obama had this slogan called, it's time for a change. And I, I bought into it. Uh, I really did. I told this story on my last episode, uh, so I won't get too involved in it. But uh, I, I really did. I thought, and I was raised just like you. The philosophy that was instilled in my mind was the Democrats are for the working man and the Republicans are yeah. for the rich. And it's kind of flip-flopped over the years, in the last 20 years, I think. It's kind of opposite now, you know. Uh, um, it seems like the Republican Party, not the rhinos, but the true uh, conservatives, uh, they're for, you know, your middle class, your everyday person. Uh, and Nancy Pelosi and, and that party is just, uh, man, they're all about money now and people with money. But anyways, uh, so 2013 come around and Obama goes to this on this tour to these other Middle East countries and Saudi Arabia apologizing for America, for us. I remember that. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so I seen that and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, I've never had a racist bone in my body. How's he representing me? You know, that's not me. Uh, and and mm-hmm. I'm not stupid. I know that it's out there. Uh, I don't think it's nowhere as bad as they try to make it to be now, you know, but I know it's out there. I mean, I'm, it's out there today, unfortunately. It is. Uh, but I just, you know, he, so I started doing some research on him. And uh, and then uh, this guy, uh, I call him a uh, TV personality, comes down this escalator uh, in 2015, says he's running for president, Donald Trump. And uh, I'm like, and he starts mentioning these things that I've been talking about for the last year after uh, researching Obama, uh, fake media, uh, you know, lies about the government. The government's really not for you. Uh, uh, and we need to bring it back to a Republican government. And I was like, okay, but Obama fooled me. I'm not going to get fooled again, right? So, right. but I did pitch my tent with Trump uh, only because uh, I thought he was the less of two evils. Hillary Clinton was running against him, and I knew, oh, my goodness, she was so connected to Obama before he was ever president. It's not even funny in the stuff I found out. Uh, so... I was like, I'm going to support him. He gets in there, and he's doing everything that he said he was going to do. Like, he kept his promises. Like, he, he didn't care about uh, big pharma or tech. He didn't need their money. And he was actually putting the common person first. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then they started tearing into him and lying about him. And they still do it today. Like, he's still under scrutiny. And here's the thing. Anybody that tells me that, Oh, he just wanted to be president because he wanted power and this and that. Okay, we're talking about a billionaire who lost millions of dollars while he was in office for four years and has been persecuted uh, just about as much as any human being could be. And they're still doing it. They were supposed to have a January 6th committee, that sham that they've been doing all summer. They're supposed to wrap it up these next two weeks. They had to cancel it. Because no major television outlet would host it. 
Nobody's interested right, anymore. So Liz Cheney loses her whole career <laughs> to try to persecute Trump in this January 6th committee, and they're done. It's over with. Everything they've thrown at him, you know, I don't believe that. I believe there's only one perfect man on this earth. But I have to say, I believe Trump was awful smart because if they would have found one thing on him, not just America, but the whole world would have known about it. So he's had to live pretty clean. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he had to or very good at hiding it or something. Because <laughs> so, they, they had something, they would have put it out. They don't have nothing on him. And he's smart enough to make sure that all his T's are crossed and his eyes darted before he even got in the political arena. You know, so they didn't have, they didn't even, you know, it was interesting. They didn't even bring up morally what he did wrong, you know, like about his personal life because they, it was so insignificant. They had nothing. So they just was just trying to come at him with anything. His children wasn't getting high in a hotel with prostitutes. They, you know, they wasn't getting locked up. They wasn't part of dirty deals over in foreign countries. So they couldn't even get him with that. So that that's their area for him. You know, you have you if you ever noticed, a lot of the presidents um, have these children or they're very wealthy, and the children act like complete jackals. Let me use that word. I want to use another word, but he doesn't have that problem. His children work with him. They are family. You know, not a photo op. So they didn't know what to do with him and they still don't know what to do with him. And that's what this whole, you know, um, thing with invading on his personal property in Malagro, that's what all this is about. They trying to find something because if they can get their hands on something, they can keep him from running. Who do you know go through um, two times them trying to get him impeached and still come out okay? Unscathed. So I, I, I think... Uh, huh? He was unscathed in those impeachments too. Uh, because popularity yeah. is bigger than it ever was. It was. And I think what happened was um, a lot of Americans are at the point where, okay, we want action. And that's why he won. He said something to our, my community. He says, what do you have to lose? And it made sense. We had nothing to lose. Everything. And that's why you see a lot, a lot of um, African-American people who voted for him more than people know. And a lot of Latinos that voted for him because a lot of them, they are hardworking people. And a lot of them came here the right way. So they don't want to see this nonsense that we got going on in the border and this so-called czar of a vice president we have that's a joke. They work hard. They earn their way. They earn their keep. And so so they're not they're not into that. You know, they want to rise to the occasion. I mean, they have so many tremendous stories in our country of wonderful things that that you know came out of the Latino community. Look at I could just name one thing and you'll you'll see it when I say this. Goya. Look at the Goya brothers. I believe they came out of Brooklyn out of a storefront. So they're all about the American dream. And what they're trying to do is bid us against that. They don't want America to stand. They actually, and I don't know why, I do know why, but I don't know why, why they don't want this country to stand. They want America to fall. Yeah, well, they have to have it fall or they can't go through with their agenda. 
if America doesn't fall, it's all over. It's all over. Uh, I've read the playbook. It's all over. Um, you mentioned something earlier that's very interesting about uh, Hunter Biden being the uh, sacrificial lamb. And uh, I do notice that they're talking about they have enough stuff now to, and they've had it, but they're now acting like they finally have it, the FBI to uh, bring uh, federal charges against him. Here's the thing. He is so, his dad is so tied in with him. How can they prosecute him fully? I mean, they may put on a show on television for us, but to actually prosecute him, and I think they're in trouble after the midterms. I really do, uh, because you have a new House and a new Congress, and uh, <laughs> I think they're going to go after Joe Biden and these radical policies and his son. But if they prosecute him now and really do it, the big guy is Joe Biden. I mean, there's no doubt. Us American people, we're not stupid. They like to think we are. They like to think, they like to act, get on television, act like uh, we can't afford Wi-Fi, so we have to go sit in McDonald's parking lot. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, and you're right about the, uh, the Latino uh, community. But, yeah, the American dream uh, that you were talking about, uh, it, it's, it's, it's not the same America. That, that dream right now is uh, they're doing everything they can to fight you from it. These foreign immigrants that are coming across our border – the good ones. Now, I think there's more bad than good, okay? There are some who actually want to go through and become legal Americans. Those people are not the Democratic Futures Party. They don't have the same, like you, like you mentioned, they're hardworking. They want to do the right thing. They don't have the same agenda as this liberal party. So for Biden and them to think that if they make everybody able to vote the illegals i mean we're talking about cartel we're talking about some free you know trump used to say and he's right they're not sending their best people over here they're not they're not sending their lawyers and their professors and so forth they're sending their criminals unfortunately a lot of parents are sending their young over here for a better life thinking this is the only way and that's where we get into and we won't get into that today but We'll get into the, uh, that's where you get in trouble with trafficking and things of that. Uh, right now, and I hate to say this because I love America, and this is, uh, this is my home and always will be, uh, but there's more money made in America right now due to trafficking children and women than there is drugs. And that's just very, that scares me to death. We talked earlier about God being merciful. Uh, he's so merciful. Look at uh, Abraham on Sodom and Gomorrah. He started out at 30. If I can find 30 righteous people, all, and God let him go all the way down to 10. You see? So that shows you his mercy. But I tell you, Jesus said he had a little child with him one time, and he said, thus is the kingdom of heaven. You hurt a little child, and I, God, God have mercy on you. That's all I can say. I have a question. And I'm going to throw this out there to you because I have a question. Um, what is wrong? And it's going to sound sarcastic because I, I, I'm kind of humored by it. What's wrong with making Mexico great again? Why, why can't they do anything in their own country? I don't understand that. I personally believe this and I may get in trouble saying this. I think they shut the borders. We have veterans in the woods. 
We have a horrible foster system in our country where they need people. We have a homeless um, issue in our country. We have food shortages. How can we economically and financially take on anything else? We have issues with the farmers. We're having issues with um, people who don't want to work. The unemployment rate is horrible because people don't want to work. We have small businesses closing. We mentioned earlier that we have little churches that are closing. A lot of these are really good ministries, not just because of the fact that people are not attending, but they just can't afford things. Why can't we shed our borders and put America first? And why is it when we put America for, first or even suggest it, it, it just ignites people thinking that it's racist? That has nothing to do with racism because America is a melting pot. Oh, you're absolutely right. Uh, something that I've always said was, uh, I'll use Russia, Putin, for example. Uh, Putin is all about putting Russia first. Uh, he, he really is. I mean, you like him or you don't like him or you hate him, you love him. That's the truth. And you know what I tell people, and, and they think that I like Putin, and I'm not a Putin fan. I think uh, uh, he's got a long ways to go before he ever earns my trust. Uh, but I want a president. If you're the president of Saudi Arabia, you should be Saudi Arabia first. Cuba, you should be Cuba first. America should be America first. Joe Biden, you know, MAGA means uh, make America great again. He should want to make America great. However, he gets on there and he calls us domestic terrorists, anybody a part of the mega movement, and says we uh, pretty much says we need to be jailed. Uh, you know, I mean, I understand that he's bought and paid for by Ukraine and China. I get it. I, I understand that. But man, oh man, to go on national TV and tell the world, you know, Trump got, uh, over 70 million votes in 2020. That's a whole lot of people to be calling domestic terrorists. Just got to say, you know, that's, uh, how he still, I don't, Here's you mentioned Trump being impeached twice. Uh, how has this guy not been impeached, even tried to be impeached one time? I know uh, uh, Marjorie Taylor, uh, who's a uh, Republican senator out of the great state of Georgia. Uh, I know she filed two different uh, impeachment processes on Biden, and uh, they never never heard from it again. Never even went in front of Congress. I don't get it. I I want to know how he's going to last for the next two years. That's interesting. And we, you had said something at the top of the show I want to address. Um, you know, they're trying to bid us against one another. And so that's why they have so many issues um, with this new shirt that Kanye West put on. White Lives Matter. It tickled me um, because in all actuality, life matters. All life matters. But when they get people that are innovative thinkers, those are the people that the media, like Trump, innovative thinkers like him, they're, they're hellbound on destroying. They don't want nobody to have a, um, a free mind. They don't want nobody to think outside the box. And these millennials, they can be fed anything. They drink the Kool-Aid. They don't care. You know, they don't have a point of reference of being... Um, uh, patriotic they could care less they could care less you know uh there's a uh you mentioned Kanye west uh there's a uh he's a 
journalist or something on Fox News. Uh, I think he's popular. I, I don't watch the mainstream media. Tucker Carlson. Oh. Tucker Carlson. I seen the interview. Oh, okay. He interviewed Kanye West, and I watched that interview uh, because I was kind of curious. Uh, Kanye West has kind of got me like I don't know this guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Uh, he was with the Kardashians, and we all know what type of people they are and what have you. But, you know, he was actually kind of sincere. I don't know if he had a chance to watch it or not, but uh, he was uh, he was pretty sincere on some of the stuff he had. Uh, his faith, he talked a lot about his faith. And uh, he talked about uh, how um, corrupt, you know, the music business is. So I, I was pretty impressed. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, you can say anything on television, so his actions will speak more than just his words. But uh, what he had to say... Uh, sounded really con- sincere. Uh, I have noticed, like on, uh, like when you're on the internet and so forth, and you're on YouTube or what have you, that the they've been calling him crazy and everything else for a while now. Uh, and one of the things that I seen the reason why was because he bought a home close to him, his ex-wife, uh, and they said, "Well, he's there stalking her and this and that." I just took it for a grain of salt because, you know, I know how the mainstream media is. Come to find out, he did buy the home to be closer to his children because his mother ran his father off and he didn't have mm-hmm. growing up with his father. Uh, so, and, and you know, we would have never known that if he wouldn't have done that interview. I wouldn't have. You know, I, I, I didn't do enough research on him. Uh, and I didn't believe what I read because I was like, ah, you know, usually where there's smoke, there's fire, but who knows the real truth? Nobody knows what goes on behind closed doors in a man and woman's life. So, uh, but yeah, I was really impressed with him on it. Did you get a chance to watch that? That interview? I was very impressed. I watched it last night. I was very impressed. Um, what people talk about his mental instabilities, I believe there's an area that's fragmented. But he, um, to, for those who are not really familiar with him, he had a nervous breakdown after he lost his mother. And that's when he was just never the same. His number one hit before he ever lost his mother was Jesus walks. I mean, nobody had ever did what he did. You know, it was huge. I mean, everywhere Jesus walks. So he has always been a man of, you know, who professed his faith. I don't walk his walk, so I don't know. Um, But also um, he spoke about in that interview that um, he was taken away from his father. So I think that that's a fear that he has that he's gonna lose his own children. And he also spoke in an interview about influence and he's concerned that his children will be indoctrinated and influenced by the current culture as well as in school. So he opened up a school called Adonis and his mother name was Donna. So that's what the school was named after. Um, He speaks very highly of his mother. But what surprised me is when he said that he was taken from his father because his father was an innovative thinker. He was formerly um, a Black Panther. Um, and most people like to paint them with a very um, dark um, uh, um, place in history. It was really an uprising of people with frustration. Did I support everything they said? Absolutely not. Um, but there are some validations of some of the issues that they had. I, did, I wasn't born that time. I didn't have to deal with those kinds of systemic racism issues. So I can't really speak to that. But, um, you know, a lot of them were the Black Panthers were innovative thinkers. They started the WIC pro- program. Most people don't know that providing food and, and um, nurturement for young children. So 
he's he was raised with some of that so he's an innovative thinking outside of the box and anybody like i said earlier they have their own mind and how he exposed about the kardashians you know he was respectful of his ex-wife but he was also honest and poignant when he said that she's a billionaire and they want to use her as a prototype to for young girls to never want to be in a traditional marriage and never want to be in a committed relationship so that that's very powerful in, in, in itself yeah one uh one thing i gathered uh, is first of all the black panthers uh i did know that about the wick and the way i look at them is uh they're just like uh kind of like Black Lives Matter when they first started. It was a good, great concept, and they yeah. had a lot of great members at first, and then it kind of got out of hand. It got political and got out of hand. Uh, but, yeah, you're absolutely right. They did start the WIC program. Uh, they've done a lot of good for the first for the first year even, a lot of good. And then over the years. They were infiltrated. I don't mean to cut you across, but they was infiltrated by the government. Yep, absolutely. You're absolutely right. That's where I was going. Yep, you're yeah. Yeah, uh, just like uh, they were, they ended up being kind of like your Antiva now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. At the end, so uh, in Antiva, we all know that's George Soros and his group. So and Obama, but what happened? To them? What happened to Antiva? I haven't heard anything about Antiva. Well, I mean, you got Biden in there right now, so there's no reason for them. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Antiva, you you know, we Antiva was formed in 20. It was under Obama, like 2015, 2014, something like that. But they never come until Trump got in there and they couldn't figure out a way to get him out of office. So then they start riding. I mean, <laughs> it was pretty obvious what was going on in 2020, the summer of riots, especially when the Democrats would get on TV and say, oh, these are peaceful protests and there's buildings burning behind them. Why they're saying <laughs> protests. Crazy. But uh, it does look like we are out of time for today. Oh, the White Lives Matter shirt. Um, the reason, one of the reasons why I thought that was funny is because of what his dad said. He asked his dad, he goes, why do you think this shirt's funny? And his dad says, because it's just a true statement. And he's right. All lives matter. They really do. I don't care if you're the biggest junkie that ever walked this earth or you're somebody who had to deal in uh, prostitution or what have you in your past. Uh, we all have uh, a past. We all have demons. Your life still matters. Amen. So, but uh, before we go, well, if you want to go ahead and shout out your like, fa oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, I was I was joking. I was going to say that I'm going to get me a T-shirt that said "Make Mexico Great Again." <laughs> <laughs> Bring back Cortez. Make Mexico Great Again. Um, I'm really. <laughs> It's ridiculous. I'm really excited about, um, you know, having this opportunity to come on the show. I want to thank you. It's always a wonderful time, always a wonderful experience. So thank you for just having me. And I just want to invite all your viewers to tune in on Facebook as well as uh, YouTube to the live streaming of the soul of America. Um, it's my sole desire to draw people back to Christ, not because of me, not because I'm great, it's because he's great. God is great. So just please um, consider tuning in and sharing this information with a friend. It's on um, October 24th through the 30th, every night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And as I said before, um, it's on. you can find me on YouTube on Launch the Jesus Initiative. I'm on 
every social platform. You can find me on um, also Facebook as well. And it'll be a live screaming, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from October 30th, I mean, October 24th, excuse me, to the 30th. And uh, once again, before you go, I, I do want to thank you for coming back on. It's always a pleasure. It's always a, uh, you add value uh, to the show, uh, to my audience. So uh, I want to thank you again for showing up and, and coming on. Um, in the virtual conference, I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm already signed up. Folks, you need to uh, uh, check this out. I think it's going to be something pretty amazing. Uh, October 24th through the 30th. Uh, but you've been listening to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. With our special guest, L. LaToya Cunningham. Folks, have a wonderful day. As always, God bless and God bless America.